0: Got time for a quick story. Did not know that one particularly well-known pop rock song had three bass parts in the recording. Three different people playing bass. I discovered that in March of 2018 when I interviewed a bass guitarist. Jeff Pilsen plays bass in Foreigner, has since the 2000s. And I was talking to him on the occasion of a performance that the band was about to do at Treasure Island Resort and Casino in Minnesota, not all that far from where I'm based in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, but also right before the release of Foreigner with the 21st Century Symphony Orchestra and Chorus, promoting that release, which was soon to happen in April of 2018. And as part of the interview, I asked him about performing some of the legendary bass lines of Foreigner. And... I got on the topic of Urgent, and you'll hear who all is playing in that song, which I had, I did not realize. You, if you're listening to this podcast, you know the music of Foreigner, you know Urgent, and you might be a little surprised about who's all part of that original recording, which he has had to learn to play on his own. Can't have uh, three people playing bass at once. It's, it's him live on stage. It's a good interview with Jeff Pilson. Of Foreigner. This is from March of 2018, and it is the second of three parts of our Foreigner series on the Got Time for a Quick Story podcast. Hello, we're talking with Jeff Pilsen today, bassist for Foreigner got a whole lot of stuff coming up here, in fact. For example, on April 8th, Treasure Island Resort and Casino. are going to be performing not that far away from here, just a little west in Minnesota. And then April 27th, Foreigner with a 21st Century Symphony Orchestra and Chorus that's coming out. You guys have your spring tour, the kind of orchestral-themed tour, kicking off tonight. Correct me if I'm wrong, in St. Augustine?
1: That is is correct. We're in St. Augustine, Florida, and tonight is the first night,
0: yes. Okay, so describe for us uh, how is this tour, I mean, it, it, a little self-explanatory from the start, but how it will differ from the I, I quote-unquote average foreigner tour, for lack of a better term.
1: <laughs> well, uh, it's really, for us, it's been so wonderful and very, very exciting because uh, uh, with Dave Egger, it's actually not the 21st Century Orchestra that's appearing with us tonight. It's the Dave Egger Orchestra that's appearing with us. And um, we're... Uh, it's just a great show. We, um, you know, we've taken these songs and, you know, it, the amazing thing is we still manage to make them rock. So we have an orchestra up a full orchestra up there, wonderful sound. And yet at the same time, we're still rocking. There are, there's, uh, some acoustic portions of the show and there's some interesting interludes and whatnot. I mean, it's, it's a very, very exciting journey of this show, but, um, but like I said, we managed to keep, make it still rock. So it's, a uh, it's just a fantastically exciting show, and I, I I can't wait. I'm really excited
0: now. How, if at all, did working with the symphony and the choir last May in Lucerne? Did, did with obviously arrangements for the songs were changed, of course, to accommodate an, or, an orchestra and a chorus. Sure. But was there any way that they affected how you approach the songs going down the road? That you went well. Hmm. Now that we tried this, let's try performing the song this way. In the wake of that performance.
1: Well, not without the orchestra, um, but it certainly gave us a taste to want to do more orchestral stuff, which we are doing. And not only do we have the record of the 20, you know, of us with the 21st Century Orchestra coming out in April, um, <clears throat> but you know, it's, it's made us want to do these shows. So, so like I say, tonight's the first one, but we have a bunch coming up. Um, and uh, it's something that I can see really being a part of the foreigner palette from now on. Um, the, the reactions in Lucerne were phenomenal. I think the reaction tonight is going to be phenomenal, and I think people are going to be very excited about this moving forward. So it gives us one more platform to take these great songs and get them out there to people and let them hear them in a new and fresh way.
0: And what would you say was the most challenging aspect of being in that setting and in in this setting on, on this particular type of spring tour?
1: Well, okay, the, 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 that's almost two questions. Um, <laughs> the biggest challenge of pulling it all together originally was uh, the logistics. And I'm involved in a lot of that. So that's, that's very, very complicated. Um, and the, you know, the actual music part, you know, because we kind of took our time and Mick really studied the music and made it so that it was what he wanted. Um, <clears throat> that, that came together very smoothly, even though, like I said, it took place over a period of time. Uh, but now to make all of that work on these shows, Moving on the road, you know, that was in one place. That was in Lucerne, Switzerland, at a venue that's designed for an orchestra that we we rehearsed there and we did the performances there. Um, To take it on the road, that's a whole new level of logistics and planning. And... um, you know, we, we had a whole day yesterday at the venue, so that was great. That You know, that was very, very necessary to work out a lot of the kinks. I think we're ready to go, but I'm also... There could be a couple of surprises. You never
0: know. <laughs> were there any songs that, that really stood out to you in, in the wake of these new arrangements from last summer and then adapting that again to this, to this tour that really made you look at a particular song in the Foreigner catalog a different way?
1: Well, you know, I'll say that... Um a couple of the songs, I was just surprised at how much energy the orchestra added in in a unique way. For instance, the song Urgent, which is, you know, it's always a highlight in the show because Tom Gimbel's sax solo and, and everything that he does, which is all still there, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um, the, or- the orchestra kind of has like a, an Egyptian flavor to it. And uh, it just has given the, the song this bouncy excitement and energy, that, that it, it's infectious. And um, things like that are the really pleasant surprises. And honestly, we didn't even know that that was going to happen. I mean, I think that's what Mick wanted to happen as he was working up the arrangement with Dave Eggert. But um, <laughs> I don't think any of us were quite ready for it until we got to Lucerne and heard it, and it just came to life. It was just beautiful. So surprises like that have been, there's been a lot of those. things.
0: Do you see, because you're still doing the orchestral thing right now, but do you see any, any other kind of collaborations with different genres of music down the road now that you've checked orchestra and chorus off the list?
1: Well, yes, I actually do. Actually, even in our show with the, with the, with the Dave Eggert Orchestra, we, ha- we actually are doing two songs uh, with just horns and just a horn section. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not in a classical mode at all. It's in a very Motown kind of mode, you know, Motown, uh, you know, Memphis soul kind of thing. Um, and, uh, it's really, really cool. It's just the two songs in the set, but it gives it a whole other flavor. And for me, it opens up a whole avenue that I could see us pursuing down the line, because, Foreign music has a bit of R&B to it that people don't really quite realize until they hear it in that context. Um... But when you hear it like that, you can see how many of the songs would really apply themselves, and it's, it's really fun, really fun.
0: Now, last October, you had, the, the band had the, had the couple shows with the surviving members of, of the lineup, and you got, you got the chance to play on stage with Rick Wills, who was in the band from the yeah. late 70s into the early 1990s. Describe that, getting to play with another one of the foreigner bassists. What, what was that like? And maybe describe his bass style compared to your bass style.
1: Well, first of all, I'm, I was, I've always been a huge Rick Wills fan long before I even knew him. I mean, I I always thought the bass on Foreigner Records was incredible. And I even, I, you know, because I was a bass player when Foreigner came out already, um, you know, I followed them and I could tell when, when Rick joined the band, I, I knew that they had somebody new and I thought, Ooh, listen, this guy, I like this guy, you know? And so I was a fan to start with and, um, Getting to meet him, he's a wonderful gentleman. He's just a great guy. He's really funny. He's a lot of fun to be around. We get along, you know, like a house on fire. Um, so it's been wonderful. Um, on the playing side, he's he. I mean, I still just adore his playing, and it's wonderful. We sort of have opposite sounds, really. His sound is very round, and he plays with his fingers. And for most of the time, I have a very kind of clanky. Um, Aggressive sound that you know, and I play with a pick for most of it, so um very opposite approaches but um but I'd say you know but my respect for him is limitless, and um playing with him has been so much fun and and in fact when we when we do the two songs at the end with with all twelve members i Requested that he please play bass. So, you know, the idea was originally that he was going to play bass on one, and I was going to play on bass on another. I said, no, no, no. I wish you would play bass. I I really enjoy that. So, nice. <laughs> so uh, I just play twelve
0: string guitar in the end, and it's great. Oh, cool. Uh, I how how do you approach playing and, and and the those songs of his? You said obviously, and I've seen you playing with the pick, and he he was more of a finger playing. His approach. Ed Gagliardi's approach. How do you? Uh, how have you adapted it? I mean, this is 14 years now in foreigner, so obviously, well, it's mm-hmm. a decade and a half, plenty of time. But how did you adapt that that style to your style?
1: Um, well, you know, I mean, I uh, my approach was I wanted to be very true to the parts. Um, because I love the parts and when possible on, you know, on songs like waiting for a girl like you, and I want to know what love is. I do play with my fingers because I, I think that that's a very important part of the feel of what he got. Um, so, I, you know, there's many times when I do, I really try and stay as close as possible to the original cause it works. You know, why, why would you break something? Why would you try and fix something that isn't broken? Um, and, um, you know, I'm not one of those guys that thinks I have to inject my style into this. I know that that's going to just come naturally from the energy of playing it. So I don't really worry about that. I want to make the song great, and I want to make the band great. Those, those are my objectives. And um, so, uh, really, it, it was very easy for me. I mean, I played foreigner songs and cover bands. I mean, I, I, knew, I, I knew I knew the music quite well, and, and loved the music. Um, so it wasn't really that difficult. It's funny because Ed, the original bass player, he came from the school that I kind of came from more, which was the progressive rock school, mm-hmm. which kind of ultimately led to him leaving the band because that wasn't really where Mick wanted to go. Um, and I have also a very strong R&B you know, background, too. So it's the combination that you really need to make this work in, in this band. And that's what I, I try and bring to it. I try and bring the, the uh, sensibilities of both bass players to, to the songs that they played on. I mean, Ed Gagliardi did some great stuff on Cold as Ice that people probably don't even realize, but I've studied it, and it's great, and I try and stay true to that as well.
0: Well, and playing off of that, what have you found—what What is the most challenging foreigner-based part to play?
1: The most challenging base part to play?
0: Well— I guess in some ways it's
1: urgent because it's a... Com- you know, On the record of urgent, there's actually three different bass parts going on, played by three different people. <laughs> Rick played one of the parts, Mick Jones played one of the parts, and Mutt Lang, the bass player, played one of the parts. Huh. And it's, it's a combination of the three that create the sound of the song. Um, and so uh, you kind of have to do a hybrid of thumb-popping and picking and... And, and, uh, and regular, regular picking to, 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 to actually emulate that sound and do it correctly. And that, that's, a, I mean, I'm very used to it now, so I wouldn't say it's a challenge to me now, but that was probably the thing that took the most finesse to work up. Um, other than that, um, it, most of the music just feels so natural to me, and it's not about being difficult. It's about being right and having it feel good, and that's my goal.
0: If I may quickly ask on on Urgent, uh, who who is doing the pops on that recording? Who does the the yeah?
1: That's not, that's Mutt Lang.
0: That's Mutt Lang. Okay, and I'm going to have to listen to that song again. That's a whole new way of listening to Urgent now. I, yeah.
1: And by the way, the pop is not it's a, it's on its own. <laughs> it's not really? it's not played at the same time. I mean, Mutt Lang did a brilliant job of of blending them all together to feel like one, but it's actually three. Three parts blended all together.
0: <laughs> it's wow, brilliant. that is that is absolutely interesting. What is your favorite Foreigner song, either to play or just in general, going of everything up through the most recent new music you guys have done?
1: Oh, what is my favorite to play? Um, yeah. Again, that's a difficult question because so much of it, um, you know, you you kind of you drift in and out. It's all, and it sort of depends on the, the night and the, the feel of the audience and whatnot. But um, a lot of what I really, uh, I mean, for me, like the jamming that we do during Jukebox Hero is really fun. A lot of improvising there. Um, and then a song that we don't do often enough for me, but uh, that I absolutely love to do is a song called That Was Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just feels great. Just wonderful song. Mm-hmm. And um, so things like that.
0: Uh, how do you keep your bass playing chops up after all these decades of playing? I mean in in all sorts of different bands, Doc and working with Dio, et cetera, et cetera. How do you how do you keep playing to the to the caliber or to the level of ability after all this time?
1: Well, you just got to stay on top of it. I mean, I I wouldn't say I spend a lot of time practicing, but I play a lot. And when you play a lot, that you know, that's, that keeps you on top of it. You know what? Actually, if you wanna get in detail, mm-hmm. Something that really helps is that uh, Bruce Watson and Michael Bluestein and I, uh, Bruce is the other guitar player and Michael's the keyboard player, mm-hmm. we get backstage and jam almost every night before the show. We have a little jam set up there, and we just improvise mm-hmm. for maybe a half hour or an hour. And that is so good for your chops. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so much fun, and it, it really gets, lets off a lot of creative steam um, and, and just keeps you in touch with your instrument, and that's very important.
0: And in terms of, of creativity and the, ish, the topic of new music, and I know you recently said on the Rock Talk podcast that a new, like a full album is probably not in the cards, but new blood is always a good thing. I'll ask the question maybe this way as opposed to what new music are you working on? And rather, are there any newer artists or any artists of, of, at any time frame and any particular types of music that are influencing you right now that could work its way into songwriting down the road? Ooh, good question. Um, I think the, that question is always, yes. <laughs> the answer to that is there's
1: always, there's always things influencing us. I mean, right now I'm kind of on this, um, this Memphis kick cause I've been reading the, the book, um, <laughs> the man who invented rock and roll, the story about Sam Phillips, the guy that discovered Elvis and Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins and Roy Orbison. Um, and how he recorded those records. Because recording for me is the ultimate. I, 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 am, I love recording. I love the record. I have a wonderful recording studio adjacent to my home. And it is just a wonderful thing. I love it. And that is my, that's my passion. And uh, so to me, Sam Phillips is just a tremendous example of somebody who is, <laughs> who is just so visionary. I mean, this is a guy who in 1955... He started a radio station that was all-female, run by all-females, all-female DJs, uh, in 1955 in the southern United States. Huh. I mean, he was ahead of his time, <laughs> you know, doing Negro recordings in the early 50s in the South. Pretty, you know, pretty, pretty outrageous to a lot of people, but man, what a brilliant guy with a brilliant vision. And to me, that's kind of what music's all about, and that to me is, is uh, that's exciting.
0: Well, Jeff, thank you for chatting with us today and, and looking at the comments on Facebook. I see the Foreigner page shared it out, and there is a lot of love from around the world. It's high from Greece, high from Texas, high from everywhere. They're all they're all loving you guys right now, and the folks in— Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, the, the folks in Florida are going to love what they get to see tonight. We in the Upper Midwest, will catch you April 8th. Have fun on the show starting—the tour starting tonight. Jeff Pilson, a Foreigner, thank you very much. Take care, and we'll see you around. Well, thank you, man. My pleasure. Talk You're to welcome. you soon. Really fun interview there with Jeff Pilson of Foreigner. That was recorded back in March of 2018. Again, you can listen to Foreigner with the 21st Century Symphony Orchestra and Chorus. That came out in April of 2018. You can learn more about Foreigner by going to their website, which is ForeignerOnline.com. ForeignerOnline.com. They are well engaged on social media as well. Uh, This has been the latest edition of the Got Time for a Quick Story podcast, part two of our three-part series talking about foreigner with former and current members of the band. Thanks, as always, to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, for providing facilities for doing these interviews. And you can listen to a lot of these interviews at interviews, which you'll find at GreatestHits98.1.com. You can also subscribe to Got Time for a Quick Story on Apple, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, tune in and rate this up as well. So hopefully it uh, gets more word spread around about this podcast. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.